prayer. And I will just go ahead and lead the prayer. If you'll bow with me. Lord, we thank you for the day, and we thank you for every evening in which we have this opportunity to come together and study from your word with those of like precious faith. Father, as already has been mentioned, many cannot be here tonight because of health problems. We pray for Shirley C., Carol Harper, Lois Lominick, and others that have been discussed this evening. We continue to remember those who have lost their husbands and fathers due to the shootings of the policemen around this country. Father, we want to remember the folks in the military and all they do for us in keeping us free so that we may have opportunities to worship as we see that the scriptures lead us to do. And Father, we pray for Matt as he is about to embark on a mission trip to Ghana. And we pray for all those who are going and we ask you to keep them safe. Pray that each one will do a good job of preaching your word and many will come to the truth and that they can surely be saved through the action they take. And Father, we also want to remember those who are traveling, Brother Vic and his family. And Father, we always remember to thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. And through his name we pray. Amen. Well, this is my first uh, teaching effort, of course, here at South Highway 5. And uh, we have had some good lessons from the men who have already taken their part. And uh, I remember at least one, I don't see him tonight, but he may come in later, who uh, stated that he was nervous. And he is not by himself. I have that problem of being nervous, and I can't see that being older has helped me at all. But many teachers never get completely comfortable when they're teaching because of the seriousness of what we're trying to do, and that is handling of God's Word appropriately. <clears throat> Before we begin, I feel like I have to explain one thing. If you haven't been around me much, you know that I have a hearing problem. And if you want to make a comment, I'm all for it. But I can't promise you that I'll hear what you say. So I thought that was necessary to say in case you do want to make a comment. And if I don't appropriately respond, you'll know why. This lesson, of course, tonight is going to be very basic. 
and I'm not the type that uses large words because I really don't know that many to begin with. I thought it would be a help to start with what some have said who probably are not Christians. <clears throat> Excuse me. In other words, before we get to the scriptural background of the lesson, I want to refer to some of the things I've found due to this subject. Jesus really lived and died. Historians have much had much to say about Jesus, who shook the foundation of the Roman Empire of that day. One well-known philosopher of the 19th century regarded the advent of Christ as the axis on which the history of the world turns. He concluded that all history goes toward and continues on from Christ. You realize that our calendar, now dated 2016 A.D., and I found that uh, A.D. is medieval Latin for Anno Domini, and for years I always heard it referred to as after death. Much of our part of the world even go to the extent on December 24th, whether they're religious or not, they somehow celebrate the birth of Christ, and we know that Christ was not born on December 25th. But the account of life and death of Jesus agrees perfectly with the conditions that existed in the world at that time. The manner of taxing, the procedures of decrees, the chain of command, so that nothing could have been more typically Roman than that Christ would suffer under Pontius Pilate. The cross was the outcome of the historic conflict between Jesus and his own people. What the Romans did not realize was that they were a vital part of the emergence of a disturbance that would turn the world upside down. Now, I wanted to read some of the uh, quotes from some of the people that I read about in this study. Although there are is overwhelming evidence that the New Testament is an accurate and trustworthy historical document, Many people are still reluctant to believe what it says unless there is some independent, non-biblical testimony that corroborates its statements. And here are a few quotes I found from various sources from writers of the first 150 years after the Lord's death. Among these are Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, Lucian, Josephus and the Babylonian Talmud. Both Josephus and Lucian indicate that Jesus was regarded as wise. Pliny the 
and the Talmud imply he was a powerful and reverent teacher. Both Josephus and the Talmud indicate he performed miraculous feats. Tacitus and Josephus say this occurred under Pontius Pilate, and the Talmud declares it happened on the eve of Passover. There are possible references to the Christian belief in Jesus' resurrection in both Tacitus and Josephus. Josephus records the Jesus' followers believed he was the Christ or Messiah. And finally, both Pliny and Lucian indicate that Christians worship Jesus as God. Also about this time, one philosopher says, Jesus was a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man, for he wrought surprising feats. He was the Christ. When Pilate condemned him to be crucified, those who had come to love him did not give up their affection for him. On the third day he appeared, restored to life, and the Christians have not disappeared. Another quote, the Christians worship a man to this day, the distinguished personage who introduced their novel rites and was crucified on that account. It was impressed on them by their original lawgiver that they are all brothers from the moment that they are converted and deny the gods of Greece and worship the crucified one and live after his laws. <clears throat> and one more quote. They were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light when they sang in alternate verses a hymn to Christ as to God and bound themselves by a solemn oath not to any wicked deeds but never to commit any fraud, theft, or adultery, never to falsify their word nor deny a thrust, a trust when they should be called upon to deliver it up after which it was their custom to separate and reassemble to partake of food, but not food of an ordinary kind. Any comments at this point? <clears throat> now, I do not know of any false words in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that have ever been proven. So the believer in Christ accepts him as the Son of God on the basic basis of basis, I'm sorry, of the inspired record. I have trouble reading my own notes sometimes. Try as man do, they cannot get Christ out of history. There were and still are those who have difficulty in making proper identification of our Lord. There's a one scripture stated on and it's on the outskirts of Caesarea Philippi. Matthew relates that Jesus asked his disciples what other men thought of him, and the replies given it was found 
that other men saw only another man in Christ. And uh, I'd like Bob to read right now Matthew 16:13 through 20. So first, Christ asked them what other men thought of him, and then he asked them, who do you say that I am? Also, the Ethiopian eunuch had the same problem while reading from Isaiah and needed the help of Philip. Uh, Brett, do you have that, please? Acts 8, verses 26 through 38. Thank you. I've always been amazed of the quick response of the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, I know when we try to teach people, it's often a struggle. I don't know if it's the way we go about it or the fact that they're not receptive. But... Uh, 
this happened so quickly, seemingly, everything that Brett read, uh, it just seemed like it didn't take any time at all, and he knew the truth about Christ, and he knew exactly what action he needed to take. Any comments? Right. Right. Now, he was a very religious person to begin with. Uh Oh, Chair. And so I don't know how you as an audience feel about it, but when someone's converted to the truth, I think that's the best time to really put them to work because as a general rule, I'll give myself a reference, <laughs> um, I was very fortunate to hear the truth and then we had a gospel meeting, and this was a small area where I lived, a small town like we're living in here. And I was able to take 12 people to that gospel meeting, 12 different people. And I don't know why, but I seemingly don't have that same spirit now, and I should. I know very well that I should. Okay. 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 When you were talking about the historical at the very beginning, I found that very interesting, and I thought how true it is. Because if we think back on man, if you were giving testimonials from historical writers on the influence that Christ had while he lived, and he still has the influence today, and it reminded me of, of what happened in Acts chapter five, where Peter and John had been arrested, and then they got out.
The biography of Christ enjoys a unique position since his work and the times of his life were described long before he came into this world. Of course, these writings I refer to are the many prophecies in the Old Testament. In this study, I found it incredible that some say there are as many as 353 of these prophecies. And I realize not every one of those are separate verses because some of the prophecies take, uh, there may be two or three different prophecies just in one verse. Among these, they tell of the birth and life and suffering and death of Christ. They begin in Genesis 3.15 and are woven throughout the entire Old Testament. Others are Deuteronomy 18.18 and all of Psalm 22. Could I have Psalm 22.16 and 18 read? That's just one of the few prophecies we have of Christ and what will happen while he's on this earth. Now, the thinking person can pass off these Old Testament prophecies, or no thinking person can pass off these Old Testament prophecies regarding Jesus as if they were non-existent because every one of these prophecies Every one of them were fulfilled. And we also have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, giving a more detailed account of Christ's life than you will find about any other. Some highlights are John 1, 1 through 14. Uh, who did I give it to? Warren. Thank you, Warren. Also, if you want to take the time, you can read the genealogies which are listed in Matthew and Luke. 
That's Matthew 1, 1 through 17 and Luke 3, 23 through 38. Mary is told of the birth of Christ, Luke 1, 26 through 38. And Joseph is told of the approaching birth, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And Jesus is born, Luke 2, 1 through 20. Did I give that to anyone? Oh, okay. One, one through seven. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. So Jesus is born, and that's the basic story in Luke. And the childhood and youth of Jesus found in Luke 2.40 and verses 51 and 52. And during his ministry, Acts 10.38 says he did much good. Uh, don't know uh, what... Car found about when he spoke on miracles, uh, about how many miracles that are attributed to Christ. But I, what I found that there were 37. And if that's not correct, you can let me know later. Beginning with uh, turning the water into wine, and of course at the end, Christ rose from the grave. Also, John writes in 21:25 this, and there are also many other things Jesus did if they were written one by one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So now the question is, not a question, but the fact is that Christ did die the Bible gives great importance to the death of Christ. It is mentioned more than 175 times in the New Testament. The reason for his death is made clear. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ died once for all for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And also in Hebrews 2, verse 9, in part, it says, By the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And I'd like to read Mark. 
15 through 25. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus. As he was coming out of the country and passing by, they compelled him to bear the cross, and they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him, and the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. So we have uh, at this time discussed the that Christ did live and Christ did die, and now I have a question. Did Christ die in vain? Christ died in vain if we can be saved by the law of Moses. And if you attend the uh, class in here on Sunday morning, uh, we meet, recently studied this fact in Galatians 2.21. It states, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Some Judaizing teachers during the time of the early church insisted on circumcision after the manner of Moses, or you could not be saved. Acts 15.1. These teachers had come to the churches in Galatia with that doctrine. Paul calls it another gospel or a perverted gospel, which is to deviate from the true gospel. I'd like to read Galatians 1, 6 through 8. Galatians 6, 1 through 6, 1, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. we have any questions or comments at this time? Yes. You mentioned you were talking about the Ethiopian unit. Yes, sir. One good way to study is to try to teach a class. <laughs> Anyhow, Paul says this idea was so foreign to the gospel that he told the Galatians, if you believe that justification comes by the Old Testament law, you have fallen from grace. And that's Galatians 5, verse 4. Some today would make Christ's death in vain, by saying all you have to do to be saved is keep the Ten Commandments. Christ died in vain if morality alone could save us. And this comes to what Sharon had commented on earlier. <clears throat> People live moral laws because Jesus, before Jesus died. In fact, Cornelius did. Acts 10, verse 2 and 22. He was religious and feared God. He was just or fair in all he did. He had a good reputation, something that's really important in life. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Even though he was a good man, he was not saved at this point. He had to hear the gospel and be obedient to it. Christ died in vain if we can be saved apart from his blood. The New Testament has much to say about those who have gotten too sophisticated to preach about the cross or the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22 Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews 10.4 It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood. And 1 Peter 1, 18, 19, Redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Christ died in vain if one can be saved apart from the church. Some of the things we hear quite often, Jesus, yes, the church, no, or one can be just as good out of the church as in it. Here are the facts that negate statements such as these. Acts 20, 28. 
The church was purchased by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 5.25 He loved the church and gave himself for it. We are reconciled in the church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and Ephesians 2, verse 16. Christ died in vain as far as we concern if we do not take advantage of it. Here are just a few scriptures that may encourage you to make sure that you have taken the appropriate action. Acts 22:16. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Colossians 2:12. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And Romans 6. Verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into his death. Any comments? I haven't heard the first buzzer yet, and I'm running out of material. So if anyone has a comment, I'd appreciate it. Fred? Yes, Uh-huh. He was an infallible witness. Right. I mean, Christ had left that the spirit there to do that for his apostles and the disciples. And we don't have that today, although we have the word. So right. For us, for us to be as accomplished as Philip, we're just going to have to get a step. We're just going to have to make it part of the life. Very good. Thank you, Stanley. Now, going back to my hearing, I could hear Stanley. But when I'm sitting over there, I can't hear Stanley back there. So, anyhow, Sharon. You're talking about people say, you know, Jesus, but not the church, or one church, you know. Uh, you know, the scriptures in Second Timothy, it says that the church is the household of God. And then you read the scriptures that shows that Jesus loved the church. He died for it. We have other scriptures in Ephesians that calls it his body. And so you wonder how people can possibly get to that conclusion that the church is not important. Right. Uh, because that's what he died for. And then, you know, you chapter me, I guess, teach them the church is made of individuals, of people. It's not a building. It's not mm-hmm. some kind of grand organization. It's, it's people. And that's what the organization is. And that's what the body of Christ is. And that's what he died for. Right. So I, I, that is something I really have a hard time understanding. And I guess the only explanation is what Scotty was talking about. If they read the Bible, other than just listening to a televangelist or something, if they read the Bible, all they do is read. They don't study. They don't really try to understand what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Because you almost have to work diligently to misunderstand that the church is important. 
One last comment. Uh, if you come in on Highway 5 from the north, there is a person out there on the right-hand side of the road if you're coming into town from the north, and he has a sign out by the highway that says, Why? And near that sign is a large wooden cross. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but I see it every day. That Every day that I say I come into town. <laughs> and uh, it's always been my thinking, what, what is this guy's question? Does he think Christ died in vain? Or what would you think, you know, that he's trying to tell us? Anyone have an idea? Rob? That cross has been up there for a little while now. <laughs> Several months I've seen it, probably more than a year. The uh, question why is only been up there for maybe a month or actually I think it's a couple of months. I also drive by that pretty Yeah. Right. He's all prepared to turn the lights on, I guess, during the holidays. <laughs> it's The cross has Christmas lights all over. Thank you so much for your attention and your... Uh, <laughs> well, that's very possible, Cecil. That's very possible. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the basic part of the world has done that. We haven't. We need to continue to Stick in there and study. I think I'll turn this off.